This is the Sunday Messages podcast from Cedar Valley Unitarian Universalists in Cedar Falls, Iowa, and I'm your host, Kat Bean Hansen. Welcome. We're glad you're here. Today's message comes from Sunday, October 9th, 2022. In celebration of the full moon, our members Karen Impala and Floralyn Groff present information and a guided meditation called Full Moon Myths and ritual. I'm going to start out with a fact that I've known for many years. Humans have been around for an extremely short time compared to the age of our planet, which is about 4.5 billion years. And here are some facts that I didn't know until 10 minutes before I wrote these words. To the best of our current knowledge, the sun is slightly older than the earth, and the moon is slightly younger, and all three of those have been around for less than one-third of the time that has elapsed since the Big Bang, which is 13.7 billion years ago, give or take. Like I said, I didn't know that until 10 minutes before I wrote it down, but because I am a moderate, literate, modern, literate, science-believing human, and I have an internet connection and a reasonable ability to gauge which sources are trustworthy, I was able to find it out. That has not been true through most of history. Our our ancestors, uh, going all the way, our distant ancestors only knew what they could observe with their five senses and what they could remember or keep track of long enough to discern patterns. And they did keep track of things. Way before words could be written down, people were able to count and keep records by carving marks on a stick or tying knots in a piece of string or drawing pictures. So they observed patterns that were happening and they knew approximately when and where the sun would rise and set. They knew how long the seasons lasted and how many days it took for the moon to go through its phases. Of course, they couldn't figure out exactly why these things happened in the way we can now. So they made up stories. Storytelling is as old as humanity, and I believe that storytelling, as well as music, drawing, dancing, and in fact, creating rituals and practicing religions are all manifestations of human creativity. They're all part of what it is to be human. They are activities that don't meet any immediate physical needs, but I believe that they are very important to us. They satisfy some kind of deeper need and bring a sense of wonder and awe or a sense of pleasure and joy into our lives. And that's something that we need. So since tonight is a full moon, I just thought I'd take a look at some of the myths regarding the moon and its phases. And most of these stories also involve the sun, which is not surprising since those are the two largest objects observable in the sky. This is a topic you could spend years studying. Many people have done so. Many people have written books about it. So I am just skimming the surface with my internet connection and my supposed ability to vet my sources. 
Of course, vetting sources is a bit hard to do when you're researching myths. I tried to weed out what seemed like pure New Age fluff when I was looking things up. I'm not sure I succeeded entirely, but I tried. Myths are also a very slippery subject. They're not cut and dried. This is the story and this isn't the story. People who study myths are either looking at ancient texts, which may be in a language they don't fully understand, or they're taking the accounts of literate people who ran into some pre-literate societies and wrote down some of their stories. And the people who wrote it down were inevitably doing it through the lens of their own cultural biases. Myths are intricate and multifaceted and a little different everywhere. The people in this valley might tell the story a little differently than the people in this other valley. No one's really fussed about whether the stories are consistent with one another, even within the same valley. <laughs> it's just a body of stories that we use to, to feed our need for uh, aesthetic pleasure, I guess I would say, and for community. So what I'm saying here uh, is that if someone we, we if someone tells you this is what ancient pagans believe or this is what the ancient pagans did, please take it with a large grain of salt. <laughs> uh, there are a number of people, and I consider myself one of them, who are practicing pagans in this community, and we do various rituals. But I, I always feel like we should be aware that this is something partially that, that we have sort of reconstituted. It's not an orthodoxy passed down. It's, it's, it's an approximation and it's part of our, it's also partly created by our own creative spirit. <sighs> and we have, uh, we also borrow from various different cultures and I think that's fine as long as it's done respect, respectfully. And if anyone would like to have a long talk about cultural appropriation, I will do that with you during coffee hour. <laughs> so with those caveats in place, I took, took a dive on the internet into some myths about the moon. And I just wanted to share a few that I found interesting. Many of you probably know the Greek myth about the moon goddess Selene and her brother Helios, the sun god, who drive their chariots across the sky. That's a common theme to explain how the sun and the moon move. Norse mythology also has a sister and a brother driving chariots, but the sister is the sun and the brother is the moon in that case. And there's also each of them in Norse mythology has a wolf chasing them. and. The story goes that when the wolves finally catch them, that will be the end of the world. And then possibly a new world will be created from all the destruction. Who knows? <laughs> it's interesting that they, they thought ahead to that part. <laughs> the uh, Inuit, uh, who used to be known as Eskimos, but their preferred name for themselves is Inuit, have a story about a sister and a brother who have a quarrel or perhaps the brother assaults the sister in some versions, and she grabs a torch for light and runs out of the house. Her brother grabs one too and chases after her, but he falls down and his torch mostly goes out, but it continues to glow just a little bit. And they run so fast that eventually they run up into the sky and the sister becomes the sun and the brother becomes the moon. And he's still chasing her today. Sometimes 
He grows so weak from his chase that he has to disappear for a few days. He gets thinner and thinner, and then he has to go off for a few days and hunt some food for, for himself. And then he returns to the chase and gets fatter again. <sighs> the Mayans of Central America had a legend that the moon is an old man lying sideways in the sky. As he turns to face the earth, more and more of his big belly becomes vis visible each night until it's full and round. So in this case, a lot of, sometimes we think of the moon as a face, but uh, for the Mayans, the moon is a belly. And then a jaguar jumps into the sky and begins taking bites of his belly each night until he disappears for three nights again to eat and regain strength. So there's kind of a recurring theme of a cycle of, you know, getting stronger and then getting weaker and needing to replenish yourself and then coming back. For the Buryat people who live in parts of Mongolia, Siberia, and China, the moon waxes and wanes because there's a dragon-like monster who continually takes bites of it, but the monster cannot digest the moon, so he vomits up pieces of it until it becomes full again. This is also the explanation for eclipses. I have just a couple more to go through. Um, well, I'll, I'll skip that one. Um, and this, this one I found, and it's only identified as a Native American myth, which drives me crazy because there are many, many different Native American cultures. and it's, I, I wasn't able to find a specific source for it in a particular tribe. Um, I, it's very disrespectful to just lump Native American culture in, together as one monolithic thing. But with that said, I'm going to share the this story that the sun and the moon are husband and wife, and the stars are their children. The sun loves to catch and eat his children, so they flee from the sky whenever he appears. That's why the stars go away in the daytime. At night, while the sun is sleeping, the moon plays happily with her children. But each month, for a period of time, she turns her face to the side and it get, and shows us darkness as the moon wanes because she's mourning the children that the sun has succeeded in catching. So those are some stories about the moon. And you also heard the in the children's story uh, a little bit about the Chinese moon festival that happens every fall. A lot of religious rituals are connected with the, the phases of the moon. Um, even in Christianity, the timing of Easter goes according to the spring equinox and the full moon. Uh, Jews and Muslims both have lunar calendars of months, and that's why you have to look up uh, what exact date, according to our Gregorian calendar, do Jewish and Muslim holidays fall uh, each year. Uh, the Jewish calendar inserts a leap month every so often, because if you keep with a strict lunar calendar, you're going to get out of phase with the solar calendar of, of an exact year, because phases of the moon do not divide equally into an exact solar year. So uh, the Jewish calendar inserts a leap month every so often, so they stay in sync with the solar calendar. The Muslim calendar doesn't do that, and the Muslim calendar is 11 days shorter than the Gregorian calendar. Each year is 11 days shorter, uh, and that's why Ramadan and other Muslim holidays are not associated with any particular season. 
Ramadan begins and ends on the first night that a sliver of the waxing moon can be seen after the new moon, when the moon just starts to come back. A lot of different things are in, in various cultures are supposed to happen either at the new moon or at the full moon. So we really don't know what uh, prehistoric humans, the very earliest humans, did uh, in, in relation to the phases of the new moon, but it makes sense that uh, it, when you're living without official uh, without artificial light, a uh, full moon would definitely be a good time for nighttime activities, whether they be solemn or celebratory. And maybe the new moon also is is a good time to do things at night with this, um, in real darkness and mystery. I know many of us here consider it a part of our spiritual practice to spend time in nature. Tonight is the full moon. The forecast calls for clear skies. So I'd encourage you to spend some time honoring the full moon this evening. Sunset and moonrise both happen about 6.30, 6.45 this evening, but you probably have to wait till it gets properly dark around 8 p.m. in order to uh, get a good view of the moon. So I hope you'll take some of these ideas home and do them yourself. And especially parents, if you want to go out and show your kids the moon and talk about how the phases of the moon work, that'd be a, a great activity. And now Floralyn has a guided meditation about the moon with some piano music from Jess. So today we're going to take a soothing, imaginary journey under the light of the full moon. Close your eyes and take a few slow and deep breaths in and out. Become aware yet comfortable with the space around you. Become aware of your entire body. Feel your body weight on the chair that you are sitting in. Feel the position of your hands as you rest in your lap or by your sides. Let your feet feel relaxed and grounded on the earth. Be in the moment and let go of all thoughts. Continue to inhale and exhale while relaxing your face and jaws. As you do so, let your muscles relax and let go of all of your worries and tasks that have been holding you down. Focus on being in a present state of mind and placing your trust in the glowing light and powerful energy emanated by the full moon. As you become aware of each body part, look for specific areas of tension and pain that you may experience. Observe them and continue to breathe in and out. Imagine a powerful white and silver beam 
shining down on the top of your head. Allow your entire being to become soaked up by the pure and serene energy of this loving light. Slowly start thinking of what you want to let go of in life. Let those thoughts stay in your mind for a moment. Alternatively, you can imagine them in the form of a color or object floating before you. Now say this in your mind, I release you under the light of this sacred and magical full moon. I no longer need what does not serve or empower me. While you say so, imagine all the undesirable things, habits, people, behaviors, and thought patterns disappearing in the full and powerful gleam of the moon. Now say this in your mind, I release this unworthiness. I release this doubt. I release this fear and anger. I release resentment. I release judgment. I release envy and comparisons. I release relationships that do not serve me. I release toxic people and situations. Imagine each of these things being released from your life and getting absorbed by the light of the full moon through its powerful, deep cleansing potential. Feel light and relaxed as you let go. Listen to the sweet sounds of the music as you bring yourself back to this room, continuing to feel the warmth of the full moon and its presence in your life. Thank you, Floralyn. You know, it didn't it, it didn't exactly strike me as I was writing this message, but as I was reading it, it struck me how many of these stories about the moon are stories about sort of being wounded and attacked and then coming back to being whole and healthy. So in your own life, that's what may be a good thing to use the moon as a metaphor for. It waxes and wanes. It, it you know 
becomes weaker and then becomes stronger. And it's kind of a, a reassuring thing that everything comes back around to being whole again. This has been the Sunday Messages podcast from Cedar Valley Unitarian Universalists. The music is by Nathan Moore. If you want to learn more about the CVUU, visit our website at www.cedarvalleyuu.org. And you can also find us on Facebook or Instagram at Cedar Valley UU. We welcome visitors from anywhere to virtually attend our services on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. Central Time. If you'd like to learn more about joining us for a service, send us an email at cvuupodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.